This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. And I wanted to start off talking tonight about, uh, you know, I live in St. Paul, Minnesota. I live, it's the capital city of St. Paul. Uh, it's, it's a city. It's not, it's not a rural area. Uh, we don't live in the downtown of St. Paul, but we, you know, we live in the city. Uh, close to the first ring suburbs, I guess, from where we're at, and it's uh, we live on what's known as the Greater East Side or the Rockin' East Side, depending on how you want to uh, think of how we want to think of ourselves. Uh, anyway, um, and I was I was thinking about how well there's a reason why this came to mind, but thinking about how nature and uh, wildlife can make its presence known. Uh, and I, I, you know, there's wildlife around you, no matter where you are, right? Pretty much, you know, any, even in the city, you, you know, you get birds and 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 squirrels and rabbits and that. So we've got all that, but that's you know, so common stuff that we're just used to, you know, chickadees and robins and cardinals, those kinds of birds. We're used to that, and uh, uh, swallows and whatever other kinds of birds that are common to this area. Uh, but it's it's what's cool is, is when you get some. Uh, nature, you know, more more ex- uh, quote unquote exotic and exotic, not not super exotic like you know a giraffe walking down the street, but something that's just you know just you don't encounter all the time. Uh, some years ago, when we still had our dog, uh, I, I got up at like I don't know, five in the morning to walk him. It was in spring, and we head out the door, and just as we're walking down the steps, I hear the call of a loon which is not something you hear in the Twin Cities very frequently. If, if I mean, it's pretty rare to hear this, the call of a loon, and the common loon is the official bird, uh, or the official state bird of Minnesota, not the mosquito, that's the unofficial state bird. But, it, you know, but the, the loon it tends to be more northern in Minnesota, not quite where the Twin Cities are. My guess is, you know, that morning I, I, I stepped out, I heard I heard this loon call, I asked the dog about it, but he was more interested in the crap on the ground, so and he didn't know. And uh, and then I, I'm looking up and I saw a loon come over, uh, and I heard it call again, I was like, oh, there you go. Huh. Must have been just heading back north, I guess? I don't know. But that was cool, and then uh, at some time ago we had... Uh, a nesting pair of, uh, I think the bird's called a merlin. Merlin? I, I should have looked it up a little closer, but I, I, I talked about it on the show at the time. 
But they they were nested in a tree that was across the street from us. And I guess the the DNR got wind of a pair of merlins nesting in this neighborhood, so they put the word out where on the internet, I suppose, to local birders to see if anybody could come by and and confirm that there were merlins up there. We would hear this interesting call, and I think we would see the male flying around the top of the tree. Um, and and then one day uh, came home from work, and there was a whole bunch of people gathered out there. And there was a guy climbing up the tree. I guess he was he was permitted by the state. If if there were at least three eggs in the nest, he could take one or two of them, something like that. I, I'm and he was doing that. Um, and it was just you know fascinating. So you get that wildlife like that there. And then we've had times where where uh, the uh, the deer. Uh, will be showing up in the ba- neighbor's backyard, our next door neighbor's backyard, and a neighbor across the other street from us. They'd have deer in their backyard. Um, it, where my office is, which is just three miles from where I live here, uh, it's a little. I mean, there's a, there's like a there's a there's like a big park across the street, which is sort of like a you know a keep it wild space sort of thing. But they but they did to, to recently take out a bunch of trees and and put a walk path through there. But otherwise, it's pretty you know space for animals can show up in there, I guess. But one year, a, a, a fox walked in right past the office door. You see right outside the office door. We're just a one-story building and you know, a little parking lot on front. And I was sitting up front, and I saw this fox walk by, walk across the street, and go into that that area. We had uh, a bunch of wild turkeys that would hang around one year. Um, it was a, a it was a it was a, like like four toms and one tilly. I don't know what they call the female turkeys, but you know, hanging around. And uh, we, somebody who know, knew a little bit more about turkeys than I did, figured that they were ju- juveniles and they were just kind of hanging together until they were, you know, got big enough to go off on their own or whatever they do. So it's just you see this kind of stuff and you think, yeah, this is cool, a little wildlife thing. And then then there was, and uh, I've told this story before, but you, you know, I'm going by my memory on this, but I figured I'd tell it again. But remember, memory's not videotape, so. You know, I'm going by what my memory of it is, and I think it was in, um, I think it was about 2015, something like that, 2015, uh, must have been in September or so, because it was late in the baseball season, and um, there was a, a total lunar eclipse taking place. And I uh, went and sat on the deck uh, off the back of the house. I had my uh, my Google Nexus tam- template with uh, te- uh, tablet with me, and I was watching the ball game on that. It was the Cubs playing the Pirates, I think it was, and uh, the Cubs were pretty good that year. And I was watching, you know, it, and the next year they would win the World Series, first World Series they'd won in something like 106, 108 years, or something like that. So I, I'm watching that, and I'm observing the. The lunar eclipse, which I think is just way cool, you know. The, the the you know, it's just it's just I think it's way cool. I couldn't get my wife and son all that interested in it. I'm saying, look, it's the it's the shadow of the Earth crossing the the face of the of the moon. It's cool. It doesn't happen every day, you know. But you know, they came out a couple of times to look at it. Okay, and so whatever. Um, so I'm sitting out there, and a corner out the corner of my eye. I see something moving over by the back door of the house. And the back door of the house is about eight feet away from me at this point. And I look over. And, and now the pattern recognition 
software in my brain is putting in with that little amount of information I'm getting it's putting in what it thinks it might be what I expect to see a, a cat maybe or a dog that's 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 the things that come to my mind I turn and look and it's a raccoon a raccoon's walking up there and I thought whoa you know and then the raccoon comes over me and he says uh so uh what you doing I I said well I'm I'm watching the uh, lunar eclipse oh yeah lunar eclipse huh Total? Oh, yeah. Total lunar eclipse. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, what you got there? I, uh, it's my tablet. Oh, watching something on that? I said, yeah, I'm watching the, the ball game. Oh, the ball game, huh? How do you think the Twins uh, or the Cubs are going to do? What do you think? Oh, they're, they're doing okay. You know, Cubs are doing fine. I, I think they, uh, you know, they might do well in the, the postseason this year. Yeah, well... I don't think it's uh, it's not their time. You don't think so? Oh no, no, no. The 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 word in the woods is uh, Cubs will probably win it next year. Win it all. You think they'll win the World Series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we think. But you know, it's just a couple pieces got to fall in place for them. We think they can do it. Oh, okay. So, uh, mind if I hang out and watch the lunar eclipse with you? Ah, uh, no. Be my. Hey, wait a second. You're a raccoon. Oh, yeah, right. Um, I suppose I should scurry off, huh? I said, no, 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 hang out here. I want my wife and son to uh, come out and see you. Your wife and son? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are they? Well, they're in the house. They're in the house? There's a lunar eclipse going on. Why, why aren't they watching that? I don't know. You just can't get everybody interested. Huh. You know, it's the shadow of the Earth across the moon. It doesn't happen every day, you know. And it's, I know, I told them. You try to get them to figure it out. They're just not interested. But uh, can you hang out? Well, yeah, I suppose. I'll, I'll, I'll hang out, say hi. So I, I go in the house and I get the you know wife and kid out and they see the raccoon and he says, okay, see you later. And he crawls off and goes and does whatever. Now again, I'm just going by memory. That may not be exactly what happened. But yeah, that's that's how I remember it. You know, over time, memories can change. Things can happen in between the event that you're remembering and you're telling the, the uh, of the memory again. Things can happen that, that affect the way it goes. But uh, but that's the way I remember it. And uh, you know, so it was pretty. It was cool. It was a raccoon hanging out. But the reason I'm bringing all this up is another little bit of <clears throat> wildlife has uh, um, has has made itself known <laughs> yes to us here uh, again I'm in you know St. Paul it's it's you, I, I, we're not seeing all sorts of wildlife but it seems to be you know uh, in the Twin Cities in Minnesota and the Twin Cities uh, we see eagles a lot more than we did uh, 20 years ago uh, we've seen them a lot more. It's it's they're very much more common than they used to be, uh, because of uh, pres uh, you know preservation efforts and rescue efforts of rec of uh, eagles and and trying to get them you know going again and, and and increase their populations. And I think that's the efforts have been paying off because as I said, we're seeing them in the Twin Cities now, and and it's it's becoming a little less exciting when you see a bald eagle flying around. Because it's, well, yeah, we've been seeing them. You know, familiarity. What are you going to do? Well, anyway, so the other night, 
I was uh, this was th- this had to be about a month ago, and I'm usually up late. Uh, I was uh, I was I don't know doing comic books or something, you know, for the store, and uh, uh, had me was listening to a podcast or whatever, and I but I I, I heard this sound. Now I'm gonna attempt to make the sound, but it's it's not gonna be spot on or anything. But I'll, I'll attempt to make the sound. I heard. I heard that sound. And 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 hopefully if I did it well enough you will recognize that's sort of the the typical sound of an owl. I mean, and I say typical because of what we see in movies and television shows and whenever they have an owl making sounds, a lot of times that's that's what it sounds like. It's like uh, the, the 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 sound of frogs when you watch it in movies and in TV shows, that sound of frogs that is a particular kind of frog that makes that sound that we hear when you're watching movies and you see you know some kind of bird of prey it could be an eagle but it could be a falcon of some sort or it could be a hawk when you see that soaring through the air and you hear that high pierced kind of kind of a, a cry that uh, I, I can't make the sound at all but you hear that it's very common well that's the sound of a red-tailed hawk it's not an eagle. It's not some other kind of falcon. It's a red-tailed hawk, and uh, and it just has a really cool cry, uh, call, if you will. And Hollywood has decided, let's use that. We're going to use that for these this bird of prey sound uh, because it's a cool sound. The the sound that an eagle makes, a bald eagle makes, is more of a screechy high-pitched thing that's not as as majestic sounding uh, as, as that, as the red-tailed hawk. So I think I got that right. So anyway, I hear that sound, take my headphones off. I said, did I actually hear that? I'm just sitting here in the living room and I'd listen and I, I hear it again. I thought, seriously, that's, that's one of those, that's that, that's, an, that's the owl sound. And I asked my friend Craig, who is a, uh, is a birder, now he will say he's not the biggest, he's not the you know most expert of birders out there. But as far as I'm concerned, he's my go-to birder guy, who's an expert as far as you know compared to me. He's an expert. Um, he will say that the the birders that he hangs out with, uh, there are those that are far more knowledgeable about it than him. But that's kind of how it goes, isn't there? There's always somebody that knows something more about you or more than you do about something, unless of course you happen to be the absolute expert on something. But anyway, so I asked him, and I asked him the question kind of stupidly. It was kind of a dumb way to ask the question. Because I asked him the question, does, does an owl actually make that sound? <laughs> or is it, I think what I was trying to say is, is it just some sort of concoction by Hollywood? And it's just become part of our lexicon when we think about owls? This, you know, this, does an, is there an owl that actually, you know, I should have asked that question. Is there an owl that actually makes that sound? Or, or I said, uh, or I should have asked, what kind of owl makes that sound? Well, he told me that yes. Yes, there is. It's called the Great Horned Owl. And I looked it up today. Its, it's area of habitat, its territory is pretty much all over North America. So it's, you know, Minnesota is in North America. Uh, practically right in the middle of it when you you know when you take Canada and Mexico into account it's you know so the great horned owl is is all over the place but I have never as far as I can recall heard the sound of a great horned owl heard that hoot 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 kind of sound uh, 
when it wasn't on television or in a movie of some sort. I've, I've not heard it in nature. And even though I was in my house, I could hear it from outside the house. But you know, I, I've not heard it in you know, a natural occurrence of that sound. So um, I told Amy and Hayden about it, and they, they were... In, they found it interesting, but, you know, did Dad really hear it? <laughs> but, so the other night, uh, Amy and I are sitting on the couch. I'm doing some drawing, and Amy's working on some, doing some artwork, too. And uh, um, I hear it. I think I have my headphones on, listening to music or something. It's just, I just, I hear the sound. I take it off, and I, I and I, and I, I pause, and I, and I, and I wait a little bit more, and I hear it again, and I get Amy's attention. I said, Can you, she takes her headphones out. Did you hear that? And, and, then, and then it does it again. And she's, yeah. You know, so now now I got an ear witness with me. You know, and, and Hayden's upstairs doing something. I think he headed off to the bathroom. You could hear him kind of moving around up there. And I texted him. I said, did you hear the owl? And he, he, he texts back, I think so. And just, just as soon as he texts me back, it does it again. And he sends it back to me and says, I did that time. So that, I don't know, maybe it's me being freaked out about something that that's, should be considered really common. But I thought that was so cool. It was just, there's somewhere in the neighborhood, there's a great horned owl that shows up. If we went outside and tried to find it, even if we could hear it, you know, if, if it kept making its call, I think it would be very difficult for us to see it. You know, it's dark out. And... You know the owls. You know they 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 know how to to hide themselves, uh, and it, it, I have a feeling it'd be difficult to find it and see it. But oh my, it was really cool. It was completely unexpected to, to hear that sound. And I and I'm I promise you, I'm telling you the truth. I don't think I've ever heard it occur in nature in my life. I managed to go 55 plus years. And I finally, you know, I, I hear it. And it would be cool if it would do it while I'm doing this show, but I don't think the microphone would pick it up. But it was just, it was really neat. It was a neat, neat thing. Um, okay, so I've gotten to uh, close enough to the time where I'll take my first break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I'll return after this break. I'll be Hornswoggled. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what? You think you went off to college or something? On ztalkradio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Talk Radio Network. 
When, oh when, will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Getting some Z's. Getting some Z's. Getting some Z's. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Listen to Z-Talk Radio. On ZTalkRadio.com. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Do- Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, that first segment, I call it Hoots, and this one I'm calling Toots. <laughs> uh, this is also kind of a cool thing. Uh, it, it's a little mystery um, that's taking place at the comic book store. Now, I blogged about it this week with this, for Nostalgia Zone. I'll link to it on the show notes. Now, I should update you about the show notes thing um you can still go to dimland.com but where i used to say click on the blog option you're now going to want to just look for where it says show notes we've been changing up my website a little bit uh, moving away from godaddy to something else and uh so you'll you'll find the show notes uh elsewhere uh, and, you know, I mean, under show notes. So you go to dimland.com, look for where it says show notes, and you click on I think the word notes, and you'll get to you know you'll get to the show notes when I have them up and ready. Um, so there's that. Uh, but anyway, um, at Nostalgia Zone, I do a weekly blog on Thursdays. I took most of January off; just needed a little hiatus. Uh, but I just, I've been I've been back at it now, and uh, there's a little bit of a mystery taking place at the store, and it's it's nothing major or anything, but it's just this interesting thing that's been that that uh, I've uh, my the manager of the store clued me in on, and I've been seeing it now that I you know been looking through the comic books. Um, what I, my job there primarily is to put you know new arrival comic books onto our uh, online catalog. So uh, as the comic books come in, I bring a short box home and I sit down and I enter it online and and then bring them back the next week and put them on the shelves and grab another batch to bring home. So uh, that way we keep refreshing our collection stuff we're selling, our stock. And uh, I noticed something and I, I I don't know if Dave pointed it out to me first or whatever, but I or I asked him about it. I can't remember exactly how it went, but on a lot on quite a few comic books is a, a little is a word written on the covers of the comic books. Now, it's not uncommon for kids when they get their comic books to write their name on the cover. They'll write their first name, or they might even write their full name on the cover. Or they write it on the on the somewhere on the on the first page, they can write on that. Uh, there are there's quite often you'll see somebody will have uh, one of those uh, uh, date stamps and they'll change the date. You know, the the date they bought their comic book and they'll put the stamp on there. So you you will see that 
on comic book covers, and you can change the date, one of those kinds of things. You just have a little ink pad, and you'll see that on comic book covers. Uh, and, and various drawing defacements. They'll fill in something with a pen, or they'll draw, you know, just various other kinds of writing on covers will happen. But this particular bit of defacement of a comic book is just a, a, is a single word, and the word is toot. And uh, Dave doesn't remember when they came in, but he says, you know, uh, you know, his his best guess is that somebody had brought in a collection of comic books to us that uh, Nostalgia Zone bought, and as we go through, you know, what we need to put out on the shelves, what's you know, what we sold, and then we want to put a new another copy out, we go through it and and we get to these comic books that are in this collection and they've got the word toot written on the on the cover sometimes it's written in markers sometimes it's in pen but it, it, there's the word toot sometimes there's more than one toot written on the cover and so we I, i've been taking pictures of them and posting them on facebook uh, and I decided, you know, I'm just going to do up a quick blog about it and put up a few examples, images of the covers. I'll put them up so that people can see what I'm talking about. Uh, there's, we have uh, an issue of, I think it is Shazam number one. It's a, it's a series that came out in the 70s. Um, I think it's the 70s or late 60s, somewhere around there. So it's not it's not original Captain Marvel Shazam from way back. This is just a new series that came out, but it's still a fairly valuable, and it's the first issue. And usually, first issues are 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 uh, more valuable than other issues within the within the storyline or the title run. Um, and we have a copy of one that that we've valued at $150, and, and it came from the Toot collection. There's a little Toot written on there, and I, I say something about this, you know, Shazam, that's an expensive Toot. Um, most of the comic books that, that have the, the, the word Toot written on them are um, of Gold Key or Dell. I think it's Gold Key, and they tend to be... Uh, more of the uh, cartoon comic books, you know, Quick Draw McGraw, um, Pebbles and Bam Bam, The Flintstones, you know, Hanna Barbera cartoons, a lot of them. Uh, they tend to be those, uh, but there are some DC comics that have it on there. Uh, so far, only one Marvel comic book that I've come across has the word "toot" written on there, and and it's just it's just this neat little thing that somebody did uh dave speculates dave's the manager of the store he speculates that uh it, maybe it's the nickname of a kid that owned this collection and he just would write his nickname down on the comic book covers i don't think he was making you know like sound effects for his stuff but uh it's just it's just this neat little mystery that i it would be wonderful if somebody would uh, spot that and either you know uh, was the person responsible for writing toot on the covers or knows the person that would write toot on the covers and we can be have it confirmed that yeah that was my nickname and that's what I was doing I was just marking my those are my comic books so I was just marking them or toot means something else uh, and I was putting it on the covers but it'd be great to just find that out I I hope we can someday but well, I guess 
I guess we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> if it ever does, it could be a mystery that's never solved. Um, uh, I'm going to talk about other mysteries on the show tonight, but I wanted to uh, uh, have one of these first. I haven't had one in a while. And now it's time for a Dimland Radio Pedantic Moment. Yeah, this ought to be good. Well, we'll see. It's a television commercial. Oh, so many of my pedantic moments do come up on commercials because it's just like, that doesn't really make sense to me. Um, I, 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 it, it, it's, the, it's the ad, you know, it's, there's a series of ads um, with the, I think it's uh, Allstate Insurance. Is it Allstate? It's the, it's the ads where it has um, this character called Mayhem. And it's the same actor who plays this character in all these ads. And he's, uh, he's that thing that will go wrong while you're driving. Uh, one time he's, the, he's something on the back of a truck that rolls off and crashes into your windshield or something. He's, the, you know, he's, he's mayhem. And he, he causes problems, and, and he's, he gleefully does these problems for people. And, and so if you have cut-rate insurance, you know, you might, it might not be covered, that kind of thing. And um, there's an ad where you know, he, he talks to the camera. Uh, he's, he's driving a car, right? And he says he's, he's, ri- he's driving behind a fellow that's heading to the tailgate party at you know, some sporting event. And he says, I'm tailgating the tailgater to his tailgate party, or something, something like that. And we see the guy who's being tailgated, who keeps looking in the rearview mirror at the tailgater, saying, what are you doing? Because you know, he's, he's behind another car. So he's like, what are you doing? Dude, I can't go any faster. He's still like that. And so he's, he's, he's paying too much attention to the guy tailgating. And because he's paying too much attention to the guy tailgating, he and I mean and I mean mayhem is tailgating the guy by like a foot. I mean his car bumper is just it can't be more than a foot from the back bumper of the you know of this guy who keeps paying attention to the, to mayhem. And there is, as I said, there's another car in front of him. So. Since he's not paying attention to the car in front of him because he's paying attention to the tailgater, the guy, the car in front stops quick, and the guy, the sports fan, the tail, the guy headed to the tailgate party, he crashes into the back of the car in front of him, right? And then mayhem is all, you know, pretty pleased with himself as he drives by the accident. Is that uh, you know, so. You should have yourself Allstate Insurance or whichever insurance company it is, and I and I watched that, and I think you might be able to guess my my pedantic moment here is that how come Mayhem manages to get away from that accident because he's a foot away from the back bumper of the other guy. There's no way he's going to be able to stop in time and get around this car in front of him who crashes into the car in front of him it's just there's no way it's it's it, there's no way mayhem's going to get away scot free he is going to end up in the it's going to be a three car crash okay that's what it's going to be it's cuz it's just just no way <laughs> so it's i i you know 
Well, yeah. I do, in general, like the Mayhem ads, because they do come up with some clever ways of having this Mayhem character mess up somebody's car. I, I do enjoy it. I, I think, for the most part, it's pretty good. And you know something? I'm going to turn this into a twofer, a pedantic moment, because I haven't done them in a while. And this is related, because it's, it, it's related. This is for Subaru. Uh, and I don't know which flavor of Subaru car that they're talking about here, but this particular brand of Subaru or, or model of Subaru um, has uh, the smart brakes. You know, the brakes that will pay attention when you're not. So, like, if you are if you got mayhem tailgating you and you keep looking in the mirror behind you, the car is monitoring what's going on in front. So if somebody stops real quick, the car will brake for you so, so that you have that brake assist or whatever they call it. Well, this ad as a as a family of four, you know, it's the typical. I have the air quotes going. The typical family of four, you know, dad driving, mom in the front, you know, passenger seat, uh, uh, sister. She's sitting in the in the, the the next seat back. There's like there's a third row in this vehicle that they're driving, and she's in the in the middle row and sitting there, and she's got a a cup of uh, something. She's holding in her hands a cup of that she's eating snacks out of, whatever. But uh, and then in the back, the way back is the is the sun, right? Okay, so so dad is driving along and he's so pleased to be driving with his family. He looks over at his wife and he's looking back at his daughter. He's not paying attention to what's going on in front of him. He looks back last second, he looks back to see, you know, what's going on in front of him and he sees stop traffic. Says Quick, stop traffic. He's got to stop the car. Well, the car, you know, I mean, so so he's got to stop fast. And what does he do? He, while he's trying to stop the car, actually the car is stopping itself because the car has the, the smart brakes. He turns to look at his wife and look at his daughter. I don't think he makes it around to look at his son. But he looks at them while he's trying to stop the car. He knows he's going to crash into the back of somebody unless he can stop the car. He's looking at his passengers, and then he's having that, uh, you know, he's having that uh, life flash before his eyes thing happen, which I wonder if that actually happens to people when they're in the moment where, they're, uh, where they could be close to death. I, I wonder if that actually does happen, because, uh, you know, anyway, the, 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 the pedantry that I have with it is there's, there's no way, <laughs> much like I say there's no way the Mayhem car could have gotten could have avoided crashing into the car he was tailgating in the accident. There's no way that he... Do you drive a car? Have you driven a car? Have you driven a car for a decent amount of time in your life, you know, for years? Have you driven in traffic? Have you ever had to quick make a quick emergency stop? Boom! Because you're driving on the freeway and there's traffic, but stuff's flowing, flowing pretty well, but all of a sudden everybody's stopped. It's like, whoa, got to hit the brakes. You ever have that happen? Or, or like in this case, you're driving with your family, and you just, I want to take a look at my family while I'm driving. And then you look back and go, oh, i got to stop. Okay, you ever, you ever have those moments happen where you have to do the quick stop? When you're doing the quick stop, where are you looking? You're looking straight ahead. You're looking at, at what you're maybe going to crash into if you can't stop. You're not taking that time to take a look at the other passengers in your car. You're not taking that time. You're just, I'm, you know, I, I hope I don't hit that guy. That's what you're doing. So I, I watch that ad and I think, 
why he's there's no he's not going to take a look around it's just don't, you don't have time you're just not going to take a look around and the other thing i ask you know how i said the daughter uh, she's got you know sister has a cup in her hand with some snack in it and when when the quick break is happening everybody's kind of getting jostled her cup gets tossed and i swear she's snacking on coffee beans what is she snacking on coffee beans for? I, I, I suppose they could be raisins, but they look more like coffee beans to me. Why is your daughter eating coffee beans? That don't make sense to me. But anyway, <laughs> that's two pedantic moments for you there. Just a little something, because I hadn't done them in a while. Um, let's see. I, oh, not to get too deeply political because I did that last week I did uh, some political stuff but there's something I noticed I was going to mention it last week but I, I didn't want to get too deep into the weeds um, all right yeah uh, we're in the we're in election year for the president uh, it's a big big deal uh, if you're like me you're hoping the current occupant of the White House uh, will be done. At the you know at the well by by January twentieth he'll be turning the keys over to someone else. If if you're like me, you're hoping for that. Um, now we we know that uh, Trump uh, campaigned on a slogan that was uh, uh, "Make America Great Again." Mega, make America great again. Now, what I think that means. The way that seems to translate to me is make America the 1950s again. You know, when it was great. Unless you were a woman uh, or a person of color uh, or a kid uh, or gay or lesbian or trans. Unless you were them, <laughs> America was great. You know, just exclude them, America was great. Uh, oh, unless, of course, you were Jewish and Catholic. Well, you know, even if you were male, uh, you know, and if you were poor, I guess it wasn't great for you then either. So, yeah, I mean, they, so let's make America great again. Oh, I suppose the 1950s had their positive aspects to it, I suppose, but, you know, it, it, it wasn't great for everybody. Well, why not make it great for everyone? I think I said, you know, let's, let's make America great for everyone. Now, how about doing that? That's not this great again kind of thing, right? Well, now I'm seeing pictures of him at his Nuremberg rallies, and he's got a banner behind him that says, "Keep America Great." You know, reelect Trump. You know, keep America Great. So what he's saying to us, or what his campaign is saying to us, is that sometime during the last three years, America became great. I mean, America has aspects about it that's great and it has since it became a country there's been aspects about it that's great and it has potential for even greater greatness certainly it also has potential of going bad and we want to try to guard against that and those of us who don't want this same president a few months from now uh you know we're hoping you know we we think that the things might go bad if we you know if we don't make some kind of change here and I, and I talked about how it doesn't look to me like it's going to change. I'm preparing myself for another four years. 
I am. And I'm preparing you, my listener, for another four years. Maybe it won't happen, but maybe it will. I keep seeing the Bernie Sanders supporters posting things on Facebook that sound like they're going to say, you know, if we don't get Bernie in July, you know, if the DNC doesn't pick him as the candidate, we're going to have Trump in November. And there's, it's like they're telling you, we don't get Bernie, we're not going to vote. Anyway, don't want to get too deep in that. I just thought there's an interesting change there that Keep America Great seems to be suggesting that somehow in the last three years, America became great again. Now, uh, before I get too much further along, I'm going to send this to my next break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio here on the Ztalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Nymphet Simmons. I'll return right after this. Beats all the competition, and we'll prove it as soon as we hear any competition. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z Talk Radio's redheaded stepchild. It's Dr. Dim on Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network. Are you looking for a science based medical podcast to answer all your questions about health? Check out the body of evidence. Whether you're curious about the potential benefits of omega-3s or the potential risks of vaping, we take a look at the body of evidence to separate the noise, the hype, the lies from actual scientific rigor. We do it with comedy skits. The only logical thing to do is for me to take off all my clothes and run into the street. No, remember the first rule of podcasting. Always keep your pants on. With jingles. Some are thrilled, some are not. And by, you know, discussing what the evidence has to say on the topic at hand. Orlistat is a pill, but yeah, it has it has the side effects of bloating, gas, and greasy stool, which makes it very unpleasant. The Body of Evidence. Find it at bodyofevidence.ca or on your favorite podcast app. The Body of Evidence. Medicine that tastes funny and science made easy. Listening to Z Talk Radio Network. I am living on Channel Z. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. Uh, I, I've got about 15 minutes to tackle this. <laughs> I hope I can. Um, 
it's uh, it starts with a friend of mine. I won't say the person's name, just that uh, they are not as skeptical as I would like them to be. Uh, they are someone that I've known for many years, uh, decades actually, and uh, they happen to be very talented as a graphic artist, um, but they also do some video thing, an uh, 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 internet radio thing or a podcast uh, involved with that. Um, it's written a few books and is deeply steeped in the paranormal promotion. Uh, does like to present themselves as uh, somebody that uh, uh, is skeptical and to a degree, maybe, but not much of a degree. <laughs> not much. Not as much as I would like them to be. Uh, and and I've, I've known this person for, like, as I said, for decades. And uh, uh, back when, in the, uh, I guess the mid-90s, when I was really learning about the skeptic mo skeptical movement and prominent skeptics and the, the magazine, you know, Skeptic Magazine and Skeptical Inquirer, learning about James Randi and, and Michael Shermer and uh, other prominent skeptics out there, uh, dis and soon discovering the podcasts of uh, uh, Skeptoid and uh, the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe and the Skeptic Zone and uh, Skepticality, all these you know skeptical stuff. Uh, just getting, learning more and more about that. But earlier, early in that process, when I was realizing, hey, this is what I am. I am a skeptic. I do have my doubts about this kind of stuff. And boy, you know, the science end of it makes a lot more sense than, than the paranormal end of it, the pseudoscience end of it. That doesn't seem to make any sense. Uh, at least it didn't to me. And uh, I, would, uh, I was working with this person at the time. And I would uh, be going on about, you know, psychics being bullshit or, you know, whatever and uh, and they would politely listen I had no idea I thought I was with a like-minded person and uh, uh, some time went by and we were no longer working together but we were still in touch with each other and uh, they had done up a website for themselves have re rejiggered their website and sent me a message saying hey you know, and the link saying check this out um, just did up a new website for myself. I want you to take a look at it and see see what you think. And he and uh, and they said, "Don't freak out." <laughs> uh, I thought, I wonder why they're telling me not to freak out. So I went to it, and I saw that my friend was a tarot card reader. <laughs> oh, and I went, "Oh no, really? Okay, tarot card reader." All right, uh, that led to some interesting conversations and and accusations that uh, you know I, when I lost my religion, became an atheist, the accusations that science became my religion, and I said, no, it's not I mean, if you want to think of it as that, fine, but I would say that then my religion actually has good evidence. It actually makes predictions 
that come true. It it's it's it it works. My religion works. It's not bullshit. It it doesn't it's it's it doesn't posit that the entire planet was covered in water and some dude in a boat managed to save all the animals of the world. <laughs> it doesn't have that fairy tale. Some people still believe that shit. Uh, my friend, not necessarily. Uh, but this friend of mine has gotten some exposure through their promotion of paranormal stuff. Wrote a book about the Nephilim. The Nephilim are mentioned in the Bible, and they're, I, I, I think they're angels that uh, got hot and horny for human women and came down, had sex with them, and then their offspring were giants, right? Like there were giants that lived, giant humans that lived on the planet Earth way back when. Well, no. No, there probably weren't. Uh, humans are probably, you know, humans today are taller than humans were, you know, 1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, 10,000 years ago. We're, we're taller. I mean, we've had better nutrition, that kind of thing. It's it just, it, but there were, there were no giants, okay? It's just, it's just come on. But... I'm not sure he uh, buys the 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 giants aspect, but became a bit of an expert on the Nephilim. Wrote a book about it. I remember there being a chapter in there to have the chapter had to discredit science because science is it's too hung up on evidence, too hung up on you know the process of uh, of uh, peer review and all that. You know, actually establishing that it's true. Or, or um, provisionally, because new evidence can always change. You can always change where, uh, you, where science thinks something is. You know, it says, can always change it, because it's always open to new evidence, and always retesting theories and hypotheses, and just to just say, okay, are we still on target here? Finding more evidence, and when they find more evidence, when when evidence more, you know, like like when Darwin was laying out his, you know, his his theory of evolution, natural selection, he made predictions, and his predictions were coming true. They were being found. We should be able to find this kind of thing in nature because it would seem to make sense that it, it, it would evolve in this direction. I'm just a very loose kind of idea about it but and it turns out hey look Darwin predicted that we would find an animal that might have this characteristic and he was right so but that's science science works um so <sighs> the tarot card thing I I've told the story th I'm sure I told the story on the show before but he did a tarot card reading of me and um he did it online this is on, on, in an online online messenger, whatever. AOL online messenger. And uh, so that's how long ago it was. And and this was how oh, this was after my son was born. I was still working at the silk screening shop. And he does it over because and he was living not all that far from me, but it, we just we just never are you know we just were never able to really kind of get back get together to do this kind of stuff. So he 
he says, well, since you're not going to make it over to my house, I'll do the reading, you know, through the internets. So he would tell me what cards he was putting up. I think he had video feed going. And he even put down the sea salt on the table. You put a bunch of sea salt, sea salt around where you could put the cards because that, I don't know, because that for reasons. And so he, he, he deals it out and he's telling me about all this, the, the information the cards are giving me. And because it's in the chat room, I can copy and paste all the stuff he's telling me into a, into a Word document and, and, and put it out because I had a plan. Yeah, I, I I told him I said, do you want me to have something in mind that that you know that these spirits will help address? And he said yes, if you if you want. And so I did. And I'm not going to tell you what it was, but some family thing. And, and but I'll I will tell you when he did his reading of me, he came nowhere near that thing I had in my mind. They did nowhere near it. And and pretty much the gist of what his what the spirits were telling him through the cards was that I had concerns about my finances. <laughs> wow! Well, that's amazing. Gee whiz! You've known me for at that point what ten years, fifteen years. You've known me for that long, and that's the best you can do is to say that the spirits are telling you I have financial problems. You know, you knew that, or I had concerns. Maybe not problems, but concerns. You knew that before you even dealt one card, before you cut the deck. You knew that. There's nothing I I I picked through it. I printed it out and I picked through the whole thing, just saying this is just generic. This is just you know this is true about everybody. This is true about any. This is these are generalizations. This is nothing you know. You've known me for how long, and this is the best you got. And then I did something else. I took out all references within that text that the reading was about me. And I went to somebody that I worked with. It was a woman who was about half my age. She she was single. She had no children. Uh, she was a woman, and and she uh, and she was a recovering drug addict. Well, you know, I I'm not a woman, <laughs> uh, uh, and I was married at the and and still am married at the time. I did have a kid, still do. And I'm not a recovering drug addict. I'm not a drug addict, but you know, recovering or otherwise. So I mean, we are different people. And I handed her this, and I, I went to her because she didn't know me all that well. She had started working there not that long before me. So somebody else, if I had handed to, they might have known something was up because they knew I was a skeptic and all that kind of stuff. But I did tell her. I said, my friend does tarot reading. I'm a little skeptical of this. I asked if they could do a reading of, of somebody that I worked with. Uh, that if you know, I just gave some basic information about you, and they did the reading. So here it is, and and so she read it. And it took her all through the whole day. She's reading. She's you know on breaks and all that. And I asked her, "What do you think?" She says, I, I, "I'm not done with it yet." Came in the next morning, and she says, she "says Jimbo, I you know at first this reading that your friend did of me at first I I thought I it's not making sense. I wasn't connecting. But then I started thinking about. It. She says, "You know, no, if this is you know in recovery. You need to do this." And then she said, "This is right. He's nailing it." And I said, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Stop, stop!" And she stops before she got. But she was she was excited about how how well he got her right. And I said, "Stop." And uh, I said, "I need to apologize to you because I lied to you. This was not a reading." about you. This was a reading about me. And she went, oh. And I just, I wanted to test. 
how somebody else would react to this. There's a thing called the Forer effect, uh, or the Barnum effect, and that's where people, you know, if you make some generalized statements about personality, we, you, you, there's, there was an experiment done with some college kids, and I, it's been done lots of times. I've seen it done on uh, Penn and Teller's bullshit. And I've seen, uh, I think, some video that James Randi was involved with, I think. Or maybe it was a Michael Shermer thing. Can't remember exactly. But it was you know, a, a, a class of college kids. They all get, they give their information, their birthday and whatever. So they give that information. And there's a computer program, they're told, that will spit out a, an astrological uh, profile of, of each, personalized to each person. And so they... they do it. They go through that process, and then they hand out the personalized. It's a paragraph that's personalized to each student in that classroom, and they say, oh, "Go ahead and read this to yourself, and then we'll have a discussion about how accurate you thought these readings were." Without talking specifics, we'll just talk, you know, in general. So they, all the kids read them, and they have a discussion. And most of the kids thought they were accurate. Some of them were just astounded by how very accurate it was, and there might have been a skeptic or two, a little, eh, not so sure about it or two. In the Penn and Teller one, there was a young woman that was being very doubtful of what she was seeing in there. Um, so, um, she, uh, she was being very doubtful. And it turns out that she uh, was the, when she was uh, about 10 or 12 or whatever, she carried out an experiment on therapeutic touch. And that's where uh, people don't touch other people and heal their energies. And so the, the nurses were learning how to do this, and so she set up a test. It wasn't double-blinded, but it was still a pretty good test where, she, where the nurses could not tell if she was hold, holding her hand over their right hand or their left hand. They, was, they couldn't see which hand she was holding. They couldn't tell. They couldn't tell better than chance. So, you know, so she wrote up a paper about that. It was actually published in a journal somewhere. And so this, she grows up and goes to college. And so she's, she's actually part of this. And Penn and Teller were saying, well, these guys, are, she's great. And it turns out she's great because of this, uh, you know, and other things. Well, okay, so the students are then told to take their reading, the the stuff about them, and give it to their neighbor. You know, so everybody exchanges with somebody, so everybody has a different you know reading, and this is all personalized to each person. But then they find out that the writing is exactly the same for each person. And because and you listen to them you know, as they're reading to themselves, and then you start hearing the reactions. A few seconds, they say, "Oh, this is this." Uh, okay, you start hearing that reaction, like, "Oh, we got caught. We got. You got us." So I I thought, well, there you go. You know, that's pretty cool. That's the four effect, and that's that's how cold reading works. When a psychic is just giving you. You know, it's just general questions, the general statements, and then they, you know, and and then the person being read responds with with specifics, and then that person being read comes away from that reading thinking that the psychic was the one that gave them the specifics, like she knew my mother's name, she knew my mother's name, and about to say, but when it's probably more likely that the 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 psychic said i'm getting a uh there's i'm seeing there's an older woman next to you uh the name has an m or or an r and oh my mother's name was mary you know and so they come away saying she knew my mother's name was mary no the psychic did not know your mother's name was mary you knew your mother's name was mary and the psychic was just throwing out a 
a high probability letter with a name starting with an M, you know, or an R, just kind of just throwing it out there. And so that's 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 kind of what I was seeing going on with this tarot reading that my friend did of me, and I. I, I try to explain them, and I told them that I gave this reading to somebody else who's a different person, but that person came away thinking the reading was was exactly about them. I said, "How do you explain that?" And they didn't give me an explanation. They just were, they tried, but they kind of danced around it. Still do the tarot reading today, and now, and I think I'm going to do another extended show. I think I might because I'm going a little over here. So here we go. So now. This person has parlayed their paranormal activities into becoming... See, they were a talking head expert on the Nephilim for the Ancient Aliens series on the... Is it the History Channel that that's on? They, did, they, they would have like the talking heads that they put on there. So this person was one of them for it. I don't know how many shows they showed up on or whatnot, if it's just one or whatever. What the Nephilim have to do with aliens? I don't know, but yeah, it's not science. It's just bullshit, so whatever. And now the same person, the same friend of mine, has found their way into this new series that's coming up on the Science Channel, which I, it's called, this, the show is called, this is a series, it's called The Curse of the Bermuda Triangle, which I really, we're gonna we're gonna revive the Bermuda Triangle, which is bullshit. It's it's not really a triangle. It's what I mean. It's a triangle. So, you know, it goes from Miami to Bermuda to uh, Cuba or something. It, whatever. It has this this triangular shape, and and ships and planes in there have dis, have mysteriously disappeared. Flight 19, you know, ran out of fuel and ditched in the ocean because they were off you know were off target and they couldn't find their way home. And end up in the ocean. Ships have sunk and or disappeared because there's vortices or openings to other dimensions or aliens are coming and get them and it's, it's all this bullshit. And the thing is, it's the the triangle area can be it's much bigger than what they the what they normally say it is. Just so whoever wants to peddle more of this nonsense can can throw in something that's way out of there, way out of where the triangle would be, and just grab some missing ship to put it in there, you know, just to say, oh, this was part of the Bermuda Triangle. And it's just it's nothing more than, you know, ships sink, they go missing, planes crash, the, you know, it can happen, and it's a big area, and it gets traffic. And there's just it just happens it's not there's nothing special about the area there's nothing crazy about it. well columbus saw lights in the sky at night down there ooh there are compasses that'll go spinning okay it's like i, I you know i don't have an explanation for everything but it's just what seems more likely it just happens to be an area that everybody's concentrating on and it has no more you know than any other uh, a well-used shipping lane would have of disappearing ships or something. It has no more than any other part. It's just for some reason, there's some dude named Charles Berlitz back in the 70s wrote a book about it. He's, he really fanned, flame, uh, fanned the fire, the flames for it. Well, now there's these Duck Dynasty type guys. They're, they're going to be investigating it. And, and my friend is going to be part of this thing, I think, as, a, as an expert talking head. I think, and I don't know how the, how they are an expert on the Bermuda Triangle, 
I don't know if it's the Nephilim have something to do with it. I, I don't know. But it's just... And so they announce on their Facebook page. My friend announces on the Facebook page that this is going to be part of it and and they're going to take part of it. And I, and I just... Ugh, I put up... I got my skeptical face picture that I've been posting. I put that up and he gave a chuckle to it. And then I said something a little cryptic in the comments. I'm not sure that they got what I was saying. Because this, this, this is going to be on the science channel. This is going to be on the science channel. Okay, now, unless the series comes out saying, hey, you know what? There really isn't a mystery here. Unless that's what they do, and, and you know, they actually do some science, uh, you know, use some scientific method in discovering this instead of just doing mystery mongering, you know, I, which I have my doubts. It's you know the the curse of Oak Island, that island that does not have a buried treasure on it, but for hundreds of years people have been destroying that island trying to find a buried treasure. There isn't one there. There never was. There isn't now. People are destroying that island to try to find it, and there's and I think there's still a show on about it. In Search of had a show about it way back in the 70s, and they're still tearing apart that island. And it goes back to, I don't know, colonial times when some couple of kids found something and they'd started digging. And it's this whole legend come up about it. And it's just, you know, again, it's just bullshit. So there's that. And, and so I, I made this comment on the Facebook comment thread. And I, and I just said this question. I said, remember when MTV used to play music? And because you know, there was a time when MTV went on the air music television and they they would do music videos and they would have shows about music and they would have it, it was it was about music and then somewhere along the line some executive had the idea i know let's do the real world show and the birth of reality television or at least you know the current in, incarnation of 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 reality television got its start and that's what MTV became. Buy music. Oh, we might do a little something here or there, but really, pretty much buy music. Goodbye. You're gone. We're now going to be all looking at, you know, quote unquote, reality shows, which they're not real. They're bullshit, too. So, anyway, <laughs> I said, remember when MTV used to play music? And my friend said, oh, yeah, I remember. But I don't, you know, it, this is in a thread about a. Uh, a mystery mongering, what I'm assuming to be a mystery mongering show, uh, and what I've read about it so far says, yeah, that's, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a, it's going to be a not finding Bigfoot. It's going to be ancient aliens. It's just, it's going to be that, and it's going to be ghost adventures and and ghost hunters and all this 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 bullshit shows that are that have taken over cable. And my what I'm asking in that sense is that remember when the History Channel used to have history on it. Remember when the Science Channel used to have science on it? You know, so that's you know, that's what I'm saying. Remember when the Learning Channel had you? Know, you would actually learn, you know, something that wasn't bullshit. <laughs> Remember? Yeah. So that's what I was saying, and I don't know if the message got through to my friend, but well, I. You know, good luck to him. We'll see how it goes, but uh, you know, it's just 
That's how it goes. But he's going to be on TV. Yeah, what are you going to do? Good night, Herr Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Well, that's the end of another show. Slightly expanded. Um, remember to be skeptical and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. The little sounder that plays after I get done here, I'm going to have to re-record that. But go to dimland.com and click on the show notes to get the show notes. This is your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons, reminding you all to sleep the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell. hell.